Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Leaves the pocket wide open over the middle is Jamar Chase, who's in for the touchdown. A 28-yard scoring strike. From Burrow to Chase. Bengals on the board first. Burrow pump fakes to the right. Back corner of the end zone. Wide open Hayden Hurst. 15 yards for the touchdown. Two receiving targets. Wide open for scores on each of Cincinnati's first two drives. Allen takes the snap. Pump fakes to his left. Comes back to the right. As Shakir open at the nine. Forced out of bounds. At the four-yard line by Jesse Bates, it's first and goal, Buffalo. Allen going to try to surge over the left side, and he's in for the touchdown. And there's some extracurricular after the play as well. Allen is heated as Jesse Bates tried to strip the ball after he was already in the end zone. This season, they lose a convincing decision here at home by a final of 27-10. to We will have a rematch in the AFC Championship game between the Bengals and the Chiefs, won in overtime by the Bengals last year, 27-24, to advance to the Super Bowl. All right, that is your Toshiba Game Rewind. Toshiba, the official copier company of the Buffalo Bills, here on a Buffalo Football Monday. And it's a sad one as Buffalo's season has come to an unceremonious end in the divisional round for the second straight season by a final of 27-10 to 10, as the Bills fall to the Bengals and, truthfully, we're never really in it. Uh, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you to talk you through it. Uh, we'll serve as therapists today if we need to. There's a lot to discuss. We're also going to have a lot of commentary coming out of the locker room today as it is locker clean-out day. We're going to hear from a number of players including some prospective free agents. We'll get to that through the course of the next three hours and bring those interviews to you. Um, But in the meantime, it's you and us to discuss at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board after what was a shockingly disappointing day. And I I don't know about you, Steve, but I thought Matt Milano's comments were the most eye-opening. Um He just said he felt like there was no energy on the field, no juice. And I know for Bills fans, it's hard to imagine how could you be two wins away from the Super Bowl and not have any juice in a home playoff game with a raucous crowd. But I think if you stop and think about it, and I'm not making any excuses here, but 
you think about what this team had to plow their way through all season long, and I think they just got to a point where there was nothing left in the tank to give, and you wish they could have summoned it up for another week and play for another week and all of that, but they just had nothing. They were flat. They were making – I mean, the first two touchdowns, Steve, are – Come on, blown coverages, mm-hmm. wide open players. You never see that in Buffalo secondary, um, at least not more than once in a quarter. And you saw it twice. And they were in an early hole. And all three phases. You hear Coach McDermott talk all the time about complimentary football. They didn't have it in any of their three phases yesterday at all. It was, it was a hollow performance. Yeah, and I think it was highlighted by the fact that the Bengals, right or wrong, just or in, unjust, they were they used the that, that ticket thing about the neutral site championship game being sold by Kansas City and Buffalo. They used it to their advantage uh, to motivate themselves. They came out on fire, no question about it. The Bengals were manufactured anger out of that situation, and they used it to their benefit. But Buffalo didn't have anything like that to build on. Uh, certainly, the, you know, there was even conversations in Bills fans about, you know, what were they going to – were they, they, were they going to boo the Bengals when they came out? And, and people were like, I don't know. I have a hard time booing them, you know, for the way the DeMar Hamlin thing went in that Monday night game and the fact that there's no question the Bengals kind of got the short end of the stick in the aftermath of the decisions the league made about the scheduling and the seeding. The Bengals did get – um, the short end of the stick. So it's kind of hard to boom when they come out of the tunnel. So there's all this, this, these conflicting emotions about this game and how, what it was going to mean. Certainly, uh, that was highlighted by the fact the Bengals came in um, unhappy and played like it. And the Bills couldn't match it or didn't match it. And, that's, and, and it showed, I think. You're right. I think that's what showed in the, in the way the game transpired. For, for Cincinnati, I said it on the air yesterday, it was an airtight performance. I, outside of a couple of false starts and a delay of game that wasn't called at the goal line, um, it was it was an airtight performance from start to finish. They put on a clinic yesterday, uh, and there's no way around it. Now, the Bills certainly aided them with them being unable to put up much resistance on the defensive side of the ball or to get anything going consistently on offense. They just nobody was nobody stepped up to give the team a spark. Not yeah, one the, person. The um, the fact that Bill scored, they scored on average like twenty nine or thirty points a game this during the season. Twenty, I think twenty nine points a game they averaged. They scored ten yesterday. They scored and over the, thirty in each of the last three coming up to this game. Uh, last four, and so they only scored ten points in the game. The Cincinnati Bengals averaged. 26 points a game coming in, and they scored 27. Um, the Bengals did not miss a beat because of the conditions, the playoff, whatever, and Buffalo didn't match them on either side of the ball. They, the Bengals scored exactly what they usually score. The Bills couldn't make a dent in that, and, they couldn't, and the Bills couldn't score points. Uh, they couldn't make a dent in that. So, yeah, that, the Bengals clearly played better at every turn yesterday than the Bills did. And, and, you know, as much as it hurts to say it, they deserved to win. The, uh, the comments from Coach McDermott 
I thought were pretty honest. He said they got beat at the line of scrimmage. They were they were out physicaled to use his word, and they were. Uh, he also said they were out coached, and he's right about that. Um, you know the the Bengals came in with the 29th ranked rushed offense and played AFC North bully ball with the Bills, and they had nothing to give them in terms of resistance. That'll give you an idea of how much and why they spend so many much time thinking about this stuff in the NFL and in football in general, not just at this level, but lower levels as well. A motivation counts a lot because of the physical toll it takes on your body and because of the, you know, the discomfort of playing the game itself, banging into people and getting banged against and knocked down. You got to get up, um, you know, stepped on, you know, a knee here, a, a, a punch here, you know, whatever, you know, you get banged and it hurts. That's why being motivated to play well makes such a difference in the sport because you need that emotional impact to get through that and to decide that it's not going to matter today. The Bengals were right there. They did not care about anything except winning that game, and they were really highly motivated to take it to another team who, for whatever reason, they felt you know justified in doing so. Um, that means a lot. And if you're a team that comes in that can't doesn't have that in their tank, that can't match that that kind of attitude, you're going to look like the Bills did yesterday. Uh, particularly when you come in and there's another team like that and they have some early success like the Bengals did on both sides of the ball and it steamrolls. And then all of a sudden, you it's a hole you, you really struggle to, no. to climb out of. Let's go to the phones at 803-0550, Get your thoughts on this humbling defeat at the hands of the Bengals. And we lead off here with Chris in Cheektawaga. What do you got for us, Chris? You're on One Bills Live. Hi, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, very disappointing. Um, I, I had a hard time waking up this morning uh, thinking about the loss. But I wanted to touch base uh, on the coaching, and I know it's been touched on Pretty much all morning, but I think I, I've always liked McDermott. I think uh, a lot of it is his fault why we get to even get to the divisional championship game. But I also wonder if is, is he the reason why we're being held back? And I'm also wondering, like, should we like do the offensive and defensive coordinators have to go? Do we need that much of a change? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always a slippery slope to go down. I, I don't believe that's the way you want to go here. Um, we already know that the roster, as is the case every year, is going to change 25 to 30% on average. That's about the league average. So there's going to be a lot of change there, and I think for the first time in the McDermott era, there's a chance that you're going to see foundational cornerstone-type players no longer on this roster. And knowing that, and knowing the seismic change that that could present going forward, do you want to change coordinators again? Because you just had two guys ascend to new coordinator positions this year. You want to you want to spin the dial again? I don't know. Um, this team was thirteen and three in the regular season with a myriad of injuries and every possible obstacle and piece of adversity you could think of thrown at them. And they were still a 13-3 and football team in the regular season with one game scrapped. I don't think you hit the reset button necessarily on your coaching staff. 
I think you try to find ways to improve the roster so the execution is better out on the football field, especially for those gotta-have-it moments in football games. Um, I don't know if you feel differently, Steve, but no, I, <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I, you're right. They were 13 and three, and anytime you've got a team that is so good that, and then there was vocal criticism throughout the season, and most of it that I remember. Had and without and unless it was a certain play here, a certain play like you go back to the Minnesota game and you know sure Cam Lewis could have knocked that ball down and the game's over or Josh Allen could might have fumbled the snap and gave him a touchdown it could have, you know all that stuff. Outside of that, most of the criticism that followed this team all season was style points about how bad they looked winning. Um, it was. It happened time and time again, even on our show, where you come in and say, wow, that was a horrible game. We only won by eight. Um, you know, it was that kind of thing. And anytime you got a franchise like that, you know, it's not, it's not all bad. Uh, certainly you want your team to come out and dominate, and you saw them do that early in the season. They were knocking teams out of the park early and, and piling on, and that did not continue into the second half of the season after the bye week kind of thing. But they were still winning games. They were on an eight-game winning streak coming into last night's game. And clearly, once again, the the criticism was that they didn't look good in all their victories or in any of them or whatever. Uh, So it's a slippery slope to say change coordinators because they didn't look good winning. I have a hard time getting there. I understand the I understand the process of of saying, hey, listen, you got guys out there who we've seen play extremely well and who aren't playing well now whose fault is it why isn't it happening what what are the factors going in a couple of the guys today uh some of the veteran players and i you could feel it because it looked like that in the conversation brownie and i just had and i i don't know but it certainly looked like a team that ran out of gas um from all the way back from the jefferson avenue shooting all the way through kim pagula luke knox two life threatening and life and death struggles to two different storms, DeMar Hamlin uh, and all the rest. It was difficult, a difficult season. And as, a, as a, an entity in this com- community, as large and important as the Bills, they were expected to be involved in all of that. And they were a beacon through all of that. And they were something that people leaned on through all of that. And I think in this game yesterday, there's, there's a chance that they were, weren't up to it um, emotionally. <laughs> I know this, and we talked about it. They, now, they came back and won the next game against the Patriots, but it took two kickoff returns by Naheem Hines to do it, and the Patriots aren't good. Uh, they did beat uh, the Miami Dolphins last week with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Uh, it, you know, it took their best effort to do it. Uh, this is a team, I think, that was gutted by what happened on the Monday night game three weeks ago, and I don't know that they were ever the same, but – Still, uh, I'm still not a fan of rotating out coordinators starting to starting to blow it up in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Let's go to Tim in Clarence next. Tim, what do you got for us? You're on One Bills Live. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for taking my call. Look, you're right, uh, Chris and, and Steve. I'm a longtime Bills fan, years, but I um, I did enjoy the season. You're right, we did win. It was ugly the last half of the season, but I was going to say about. I noticed this. I was talking to my sister about it. She's a big Bills fan. And it just seems like they figured Josh out and um, their coordinators, and they collapsed in the pocket. And I was even watching last week the Miami game. They were rolling him out 
the Skyler, whatever his name was. And I'm wondering, Josh, why they wouldn't do that? Because he got so many balls batted down yesterday, and he's in the pocket. And why don't they have these to roll him out either side, use his gifts, number one. Number two, I think it's apparent, too. We were hoping after last year looking at Gabe Davis to step up to number two. He needs better weapons around him. And as the offense doesn't do better, you put the defense in a better position. And we're not doing that. So I'll uh, hang up, but I appreciate what you're doing. Still a Bills fan forever, and uh, I do agree with you. Once you set the emotion aside, that you can't just gut out the coordinators, although we did get out coached. There's no question about it. Uh, they showed up, and we did. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, Coach McDermott said it himself. We got out coached. So uh, I don't think there's any debating that topic if the head coach of the football team admits to it. Um, to your point about Josh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Miami kind of set up a little bit of a blueprint. They kept their pet, pet, the edge rushers up the field, preventing an escape route for him to roll out and buy extra time. And then their defensive tackles rushed three yards up the field and then hung out in case he wanted to step up in the pocket and they would show themselves there. And it kept Josh's rushing yards down precipitously over these last two games. And Josh was even hesitant at times as to whether to run or to try to make a play behind the line of scrimmage by throwing it. And I think it will be a blueprint going forward. So the Bills are going to have to do something to address that, whether it's running a bootleg right out from the snap to get him out on the edge on more plays uh, to defeat it that way. And your second point about more weapons is 100% accurate. The Bills this year fell behind in the arms race in the AFC in terms of equipping their quarterback with a sufficient number of options. Proof of that came in the recall of John Brown and Cole Beasley halfway through the season because they knew they didn't have enough weapons for Josh Allen to consistently count on. It was Steph Diggs, and then late in the season, Dawson Knox came on and put together a great second half of the season. But besides those two, consistent week-in, week-out production was not there from anybody else in the receiving core for various reasons. But you are now behind in a quarterback arms race for weapons on your offense, and that has to be fixed quickly this offseason if you want to maximize what Josh Allen can do for you and this offense. That's where you have to invest this offseason because right now Cincinnati is ahead of you in terms of weapons for Joe Burrow. Kansas City is ahead of you in terms of weapons for Patrick Mahomes. And you can even argue that Miami is ahead of you in terms of weapons for Tua. So you have to get that fixed this offseason to allow Josh to maximize his skill set with receivers to throw to on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, and there's different philosophy. Here's the thing you got to remember, too. You're going to be presented with opportunities this offseason to get better. And it's certainly there's a couple of philosophies about it. You, you want to get your roster as good as it can get. But there's a philosophy, too, that you spend draft picks and capital and salary cap money on one side of the ball or the other. And there are some teams in the league, Kansas City being one of them, uh, that say, listen, we're going to score points. And our, we're, going to, our defense, we're going to get a good coordinator. And, and uh, 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 Spagnola is a really good coordinator in Kansas City. But, you know, they got a couple of pass rushers, and that's about it. They're going to score points. They're going to put more weapons on the on the field. They're going to give Pat Mahomes more offensive linemen. They're going to draft him. They're going to get guys. 
they're going to build it on one side of the ball and do what they can with the other and see if you can keep up. Uh, that's a philosophy, and certainly it works for them. Uh, most other teams are going to put their roster together with as good a people as they can on both sides of the ball. Uh, you could make an argument now, particularly with a guy like Josh Allen, that, you know what, the Bills need to go with that Chiefs model and give him all the help they can get. Well, think- Draft some offensive linemen, get some wide out, get some more help from wideouts. Steph Diggs is 30 years old now, and you know, you've got to bring some, bring some help in for him. Uh, the, the rotation at wide receiver this year, to me, spoke that they were not seeing enough from that crew. Now, Steph Diggs had a great season. But man, oh man, when teams managed to double team him and find him and get to, and he wasn't there, you know, Josh was struggling. It, it was. Just, it seemed like they weren't making a do. And certainly, there's guys who flashed: Knox, Khalil, Shakir, um, and Gabe. In the last couple of games, Gabe Davis. But man, oh man, it was few and far between, and it seemed like a struggle. So yeah, that that philosophy I can get behind it. I mean, they, but they're going to have to do some things with their resources this off season that will help their quarterback and help them keep up in this arms race you spoke about. Yeah, I mean, you could even argue that Jacksonville is getting precipitously close to the Bills in terms of weapons that they have at their disposal for Trevor Lawrence on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if they're quite there, but let's not forget, they're going to get Calvin Ridley off suspension next year on their roster to go with Marvin Jones Jr. and to go with Zay Jones and to go with um, Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they got a, crew, a young crew down there. And they're going to be closing the gap as well. Think about what the Chiefs did this last offseason. They trade away Tyreek Hill. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and they still have McCole Hardman on the team. And they're still not done. At the trade deadline, they had Kadarius Toney. Right. And they have Travis Kelsey. So that's the approach that the Bills need to take going forward because you're going to fall woefully behind and you're not going to be able to keep up with those teams. Yeah, they're not going to make it better for defenses in the NFL. They're going to make it worse for them. So it's going to be harder and harder to play defense. And unless you're sitting at the number one or two or three pick of the draft or maybe inside the top five, you're not going to get a game-changing pass rusher. Yeah. So, and that's really kind of the only place you'd get one, right? So I th- I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um, you got to, and they will. They'll sit back, look at the entire league, look at trends that are happening on rosters and things around the league. They'll look at the list of free agents. The simple fact of the matter is, if you can't do that, though, because there's nobody available or you can't sign those free agents or you're not willing to pay the money for a free agent of the kind you're looking for, you got to put your resources somewhere else and bring in some guys on the other side of the ball or in the interior of your offensive line or, you know, whatever, tackles, whatever. You got to bolster your roster somehow, some way. So it's, we don't know what opportunities will be presented to Brandon Bean and his guys about how they're going to build this roster. They may not get a chance at some of these people, but certainly they're going to evaluate what the best way forward is for the franchise and go from there. Let's go back to the phones. We go to Jake in Charlotte. What do you got for us, Jake? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Um. I want to talk about Leslie Frazier. Um, I want to. I think that Leslie Frazier is is a big, 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 big problem for the Bills. Um, he's the reason why 13 seconds happened last year, and he's also the reason why the defense f- failed yesterday. Um, they failed terribly yesterday, and 
Um, his defense has been failing all season long. If, if you guys go back and watch a lot of uh, the uh, tapes that, that are available online. Uh, but, yeah, I'll hang up and listen. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on Leslie Frazier. And, like I said, I just think, I think he needs to go. I think it's time to move on. All right, that's your opinion, Jake. Guess you're entitled to it. Um, to say that they struggled all season long would be incorrect. This was the number two defense in points allowed this season, sixth overall in total defense, despite a myriad of injuries and losing Von Miller at Thanksgiving, along with a host of other players, including Micah Hyde, since week two. Top ten in third down defense, top five in run defense, middle of the pack in pass defense because they didn't have Tredavious White back until Thanksgiving. So, I mean, you, I know numbers are numbers. Results are what matter. Were there some curious defensive play calls yesterday? Yes. Um, did they adjust and affect the quarterback enough in the game yesterday? No. Did they get enough stops? I mean, Cincinnati didn't even have a third down until their third possession of the game. They marched right down the field, first two drives, Made it look easy. Two blown coverages. Look, there are two. There are things that go hand in hand with poor performances, and it's basically execution on the field and game strategy. And Coach McDermott said it after the game: we got physically manhandled at the line of scrimmage. We had miscues on the field, so a lack of execution. And he also said they got out coached. So all the way around. It was a bad day to have a bad day, but everybody had a bad day for the Bills, and that's why we saw the result that we did. Now, you want to start firing people, that's your opinion, but I don't think you want to take a one-game sample with adverse circumstances that we can run down the list of, and I'm not trying to be an excuse maker, an apologist. They got beat yesterday. They got flat-out beat on the field, on the sidelines, up in the coach's booth, however you want to slice it, they got flat-out beat by a team that was more ready to play and had a better game strategy going in and throughout making adjustments that were necessary to handily win the football game. But I just don't think knee-jerk reactions like firings are the way to go here. Yeah, <clears throat> there's too much quality behind him to do that. And, and you're right, Some the, the a couple of touchdowns, first two touchdowns, you look at and any time you've got blown coverages – I mean, to me, that's on the players. They, you, yeah, that's an execution issue. That's an execution issue on the field. Um, it's defensive coordinator over there makes a call where everybody's covered and has an assignment, and somebody doesn't cover them and blows their assignment. You can say what you want about the preparation, but this is you know in the playoffs, there's five guys on the field in the secondary that should know what they're doing. They've had tons of all of those guys had tons of reps. There's, you know, and when you blow it, it's because you start to panic and start to do something outside your responsibility or start to go someplace else to make a play when you should have been doing what you were supposed to do on the play. That's how you blow assignments defensively. You get caught up in what you're looking at and forget that you're supposed to be doing something else rather than watching or rather than going up to make somebody else's tackle. And then all of a sudden you turn around and they're throwing at the guy you should have been covering. Uh, or you get your your eyes are wrong because you got start getting caught up in ball handling in the backfield, and all of a sudden the guy's running by you. Stuff like that happens when you blow assignments. The coordinators over on the sidelines calling the defense he wants you to run. If you don't run it, that's when you give up touchdowns. Uh, now there's Brownie's right. It was a 
I mean, it was an unprecedented collapse yesterday when you got two opening drives of the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. They didn't, they didn't face the third down on one of I mean, they had – On either of them. They had – they averaged 9.1 yards per play. Um, they had 30 first downs in the game and only 10 third downs. So it was a rough day defensively. And it, you went up against an offensive line that was full of backup players. They steamrolled them. And they got steamrolled. Uh, they, got, they, got, they got blown up. And it goes back to not being engaged in that game enough to stem that tide. They've, they were not mentally in the right place to go in and play an NFL game, let alone an NFL playoff game. We have to take a break here, but more of your phone calls when we return. And we'll also go around the locker room as it is locker cleanout day here at One Bills Drive. Some interesting comments from the Bills. Maybe the most notable, Micah Hyde's comments about his availability had they won the game this week. We'll let you know about that next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 